Hello and welcome to episode eight of North Point Plus. I think it's eight. Episode eight. eight. We're on eight. I need to keep track. I need to just have a spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, we're on episode eight. So if you're not familiar, this is our follow-up podcast to our messages on Sunday mornings. You guys submit questions. We talk about it. You can notice the format looks slightly different today. We've added a host. <laughs> or something. Or something. Yeah. I'm so. Jake's evil twin. Oh my gosh. Not identical. Evil twin. Not identical twin. <laughs> fraternal. Fraternal twin. Yeah, evil fraternal twin. <laughs> yes. So we've added a, added a host for uh, today's episode and maybe for episodes moving forward. Variety is the spice of life. It's never bad to add in someone new. But for today, uh, we're talking about, you know, we kicked off a new series called God's Design. Um, Jake kicked that off yesterday. Thanks for kicking that off, Jake. Hey, no worries. I like, <laughs> I like kicking things, apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so he did a great job. It was superb. Snaps. <laughs> Snaps for Jake. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, if you could, give me like a 45-second high-level view, quick synopsis of what the series is, what we're talking about, and that'll, that will start our discussion for today. Yeah, so uh, the main theme for this entire series, both uh, on Sunday and the next four weeks, uh, we're talking about design. Um, yesterday, we, we dove into identity a little bit, like what is it that uh, we can place our identity in? Uh, that is a pretty hot topic. I would say in our yeah. culture today, right? Like certainly relevant. Yeah, everybody's got their identity in in something mm-hmm. um, or some aspect that they want to uh, kind of attach to and champion. Um, and so we were just trying to look at what does the Bible say our identity is as as Christ followers. You know, mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about uh, everybody is an image bearer, so that's a base level for everybody. But as Christ followers, what's our identity? And as a result of that, um, if our identity is in Jesus, then our desire should be God and kind of the the thing that we're we're pursuing the most throughout this series. If God is our desire, then you can trust his design. Um, So we touched a little bit on uh, what does design look like? We're going to dive into that a little bit more over the next few weeks on what the specific designs are for uh, a number of topics. But this was just kind of that base level to set the stage for everything. Yeah, that's great. And Rick, anything to add on your end in terms of just everything that we're touching on, this series is so has the ability to go so deep and wide on the topics that are addressed. Yeah, the, the, my, my biggest concern is that there's, uh, there is so much that we can go into. Yeah. And, and I appreciated Sunday's message so much because it really sets the stage for everything that we'll talk about in terms of the bottom line for everything is whether or not God is our desire. That's, that really is the fundamental question because if God's our desire, then we can trust his design, and that then plays out in lots of different ways. We tend to operate from a, from a different kind of standpoint to say, what do I think my design is, <laughs> and does your, does your concept, does that match up with what I think? Yep. And do you agree with me or disagree with me? And, and those, are, those are all legitimate conversations, mm-hmm. but secondary to the issue of is God, is God my greatest desire? Because if he is, that changes the content of the conversation and yeah. the application of it at a, uh, it just changes it completely. Yeah. And I think, I think the way you handled it in the message, Jake, it's a really great starting point for really as wide as the message can go. Because what I love about it is God's design impacts literally everything yeah right so it impacts i mean over the next few weeks make sure you come um or attend on sundays because we're touching on masculinity femininity singleness marriage and god's design is certainly in and through all of that and goes beyond that into employment and finances and 
gosh, it touches everything. So I love grounding it in that in that phrase of if God is your desire, you can trust his design, period, in everything. Right. It's a great it's a great jumping off point. So uh, you preached your message yesterday on uh, setting up that foundation for God's design, identity, design, touching on all that. So we got some great questions um, submitted. So thank you for submitting questions. Yeah. Continue to do that every week. We love interacting with you in this way. Um, continue to interact outside of the podcast as well. Comment, share, like, subscribe, do all that. Uh, that helps spread the word on North Point Plus. So for questions today, um, I'm just going to kind of go through and, and we'll see where the conversation takes us. Um, so one of the things you touched on, I think towards the end of your message, was um, God being your desire um, and having that impact uh, when God is our desire that helps us move away from things that are outside of his design. Uh, so Lorraine had a great question of that I think applies. She addressed it to believers, uh, followers of Jesus, but I think it applies to people outside of that category as well, people that don't follow Jesus. Is there a sin that is irredeemable for a, for a Christ follower, for someone that's not a Christ follower? There that is. Discuss. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go, go for it, Jake. Go for it. Oh, yeah. All right. uh, yeah, if, uh, I would say if you are a Christ follower, the answer to that is simply no. Um, you know, growing up in church, they always have the analogy that if God is big enough to save you, he's big enough to keep you in a mm. part of that, right? And there is all like Sunday school analogies and stuff yeah. we do with that. Uh, the principle, I think, is at hand. You know, I, I jumped to Romans 8 um, on part of that. Mm. Um, so if you want to read, that's a good good follow-up to that if you're watching this to read Romans 8 on that. Uh, but I know people that struggle with that all the time. Yeah. You know, it, I'm still a sinner. Like, I'm not perfect now that Jesus is in my life. Um, am I ever going to be too bad? How do I actually know that I believe this, mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I actually trust in this if I have moments of doubt in my life or uncertainty or, yeah. or whatever it may be? And uh, I think everybody's been there in some yep. capacity and at some point in time. Um, you know, I would ask yourself simply, hey, do you believe it today? You know, uh, who is Jesus for you today, right now? Yeah. Um, if you're if you're struggling with that, like ask right now, not not what's based on the past, but where you are today. Do you believe it today? Do you have a sense of the Spirit moving and working in your life? Yeah. Like, do you see Jesus moving? Do you see the Spirit doing things? Uh, is He working in your heart? Is He changing your perspective? Is it changing as a result the things that you do because of what's incur the change that's occurring inside of you as well? Um, and are you falling more in love with Jesus? Yeah. Right. Like it's all about. Jesus, and you know, am I more captivated by Him all the time? And I think if the answer to a lot of those is, uh, yeah, I, you know, I see Jesus in me today. I see the Spirit moving. I am yep. falling more in love with Jesus. Man, you, you're there. You're yeah. there. You know, there's not like this one size catch all. I know, um, in some Christian denominations, or even growing up at churches in different places like that, there's the the sinner's prayer mm -hmm. that it's like nice to have the moment to be able to say like, oh, I did this yes. one thing on this day, on, on this, this year, day, mark it down, yeah. right? Um, and I had the sinner's prayer as a kid, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm saying that too, um, but I would be confessed to it, man. My journey is growing closer to Jesus all the time, yeah. And and it's based on on His actions and what He's done more than it is based on me anyway. Yeah. Um. So no, because there's not a, a not anything that is too big for God. Yeah. I'm gonna pick on you for a second. Do it. Get close to that microphone. Oh yeah, eat it. There, people are gonna complain. I know. Come to me in the comments. As long <laughs> so as they come to you. Write it in the comments. Now everyone right. knows. I've warned Jake. Yeah. <laughs> so to continue this conversation, Rick, there's a there's a phrase that. Uh, that Martin Luther used to have, and 504 years ago, Martin Luther wrote himself into history uh, through the through the Reformation. Happy Reformation Day! <laughs> Happy yeah. Reformation Day! Uh, but he had this phrase that he would always default to that I think is relevant to this. He kind of coined this phrase: "I am simultaneously justified and sinner." 
So in Christ, as a Christ follower, yeah. I have this status of being saved, being justified, and I still sin right. every day. And we have this tension in our lives. And I think that's what Lorraine is kind of pointing out is as a believer, I'm still struggling with sin or wrestling with sin or there's sin in my life. And so how do we deal with and wrestle with that tension as Christ followers? Yeah, I, I think f- for me, um, one of the key components is to just take a step back and to recognize that anytime we sin, uh, John 10 tells us, Satan came to steal and kill and destroy. Yeah. And so there is this voice that goes off in our head that says, oh, you did X, Y, Z, and it doesn't matter what it is, and God can never forgive you for mm. that. When we take a step back and recognize that's the voice of Satan, not the voice of the Holy Spirit, um, and the voice of Satan, Satan's goal is to steal truth, to kill our spirit, our soul, to destroy our lives. And so Satan's purpose in that is to it's to just derail our faith. Mm. And when we recognize that that's the, the um, tact that he takes, that yeah. that's his strategy, it allows us to perceive whatever, whatever the issue is. Yep. And, and the bottom line is, um, in whatever area of our life where there is sin, if it, if it causes us to, um, to repent, to turn to God, that's the Holy Spirit that's doing the, the, the work in us. Yeah. If it drives us away from God, it drives us to despair, it d- drives us to the sense that, that um, we can never be good enough, or uh, all, all, of the, all of the negative stuff, yeah. we just know that that's coming from Satan, and, yeah. the, and that in that, that we can come back to Jesus and yep. say, your death was enough for any yep. anything in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes me think back to uh, talking about Jude and Jude having this kind of fire and brimstone message. And you can hear that and think like, gosh, like sin is very serious. And it is. That's and it is. Yeah. Point. And I think the other takeaway is that God is also serious about saving from right. sin. So who is more serious? <laughs> sin and the enemy, or is God more serious yeah. about saving? And so, I and, think and and Jesus' death either covers everything, mm. or it can't cover anything. Right. Um, yep. It it is enough. Yeah, that's great. So hopefully that's a comfort. Hopefully that um, brings hope and a little bit of, of peace into that into that question. Uh, along the same lines of uh, dealing with sin, um, having God be our desire, um, a, a question came in anonymous. Um, and talked about uh, Jake towards the end of your message. You talked about how there's a difference between God being a desire mm-hmm. and the desire. Right. So for those of us that wrestle with, we desire God, but we recognize that God is not the desire in my life. Um, this person submitting this question said they accepted Christ 20 years ago, mm-hmm. so a long life of faith in Christ, and still wrestling with that 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 tension of God not being the ultimate primary desire in my life. How do we go about making that shift from God being a desire to the desire? Yeah, right. We did a series, oh man, a year or so ago, Unbeliever, I think is what it was it called. Uh, it was that a phrase that was in there as a, on the book we read said, I'm an unbeliever and so are you. Uh, yeah. And it was talking about the idea that uh, there are parts of our life that we are still unbelievers. It's the things that we're holding back and not fully giving to God. Yeah. You know, there are areas that we can give and maybe we give on our finances and we've seen God bless that and it's been incredible, but... Man, we haven't invested that in my parenting or my marriage, and mm. so uh, I still have some unbelief there that I'm holding back. 
from God. So how do I make him the desire for those kinds of things? Yeah. Um, I think part of it starts with recognizing, you know, what have you placed on that pedestal already? Yeah. Where are those areas? What is that thing that you're struggling with? What is that thing that you um, have bought into and said, no, I need this to be there because it's what matters the most. Um, and why is it there? You know, what is that level of unbelief that you've put in there? You know, maybe it is money for somebody. And so they've put um, money up there because they think that they can earn uh, stability and security mm-hmm. in their life and independence in their life and all those things instead of recognizing that, man, no, your security comes from God. That stability mm-hmm. comes from God. Your needs are met because of of God, yeah. you know, so you're able to put those kinds of things. So I think that's kind of the first step to be a part of it. Um I think the other thing uh, that can grow into it, like any relationship of making God the thing, is spending time together. You know, when I met my wife, Ashley, I knew in a heartbeat, like, I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman. I was there. I remember dropping her off um, at, at the house she was staying at at the time. It was her aunts and uncles. She was visiting from out of town. And I drove away and I just remember praying to God and saying, Hey, God, thanks for introducing me to my wife. Mm. Like, I knew right mm. then and there. She didn't have that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't convinced. Yeah, that's not her story on how it went. Um, that's great. Yeah, she she took some time. She had to get to know me. We had to create yep. some memories. We had to learn together. We had to struggle together a little yep. bit. Uh, and as that relationship grew, as we got to be closer and spend more time together, man, she uh, eventually got to the place where she <laughs> fell in love with me, right? Um, and I've met more to her. I think that's that's true about those areas in our life where we struggle to let God in, uh, begin to do that. Yeah. Even in little ways and little areas and take those small steps. Yeah. You know, it's a relationship. It's a journey. It'll take time. That's okay. Yep. Allow God to be in there through those struggles. Allow God to show up, create those memories and time together. Yep. And eventually he'll get to that spot more where he is the desire even more so. Great. Rick, I want to get your thoughts on that. And uh, you, I'm going to ask a question. You can say, Mark, that's a stupid question and ignore it. <laughs> that's fine. Mark, that's a stupid question. I'll All right. Ignore it. <laughs> How do we in the process of, of, I'm using it, intentionally using the word working to make God the desire in our life. How do we avoid the mindset of, I have to work at this before God will help me in my life? Does that make sense? Of I feel, I feel like yeah. I need to fix this part of my life before I can come to God and say, okay, now you're my desire. Does that make sense? Because I think that's the tendency that we have is we have this issue in our spiritual lives and we think, okay, now I have to fix this before right. God will take care of it with me. Mark, that's a stupid question. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I, le, le, bef, before I jump into that, let, yeah. let me just say, um, so of the three of us at the table, yeah, um, I'm twice as old as either of you guys are. With our ages uh, combined. <laughs> yeah, you t- together. Um, I, I think at this stage in my life, I recognize the need that we have to be very intentional about creating space for introspection. Hmm. And we live in a culture that does everything possible yeah. to create distraction. Fill the space. <laughs> yeah, and not introspection. Yeah. Um, so... Side issue, you'll enjoy this. Um, the word muse means to contemplate and to really um, to really look at things, uh, to to think through things. Mm-hmm. 
to amuse, it's me. Sorry, I was like someone's uh, phone is yeah, my phone's going off. Um, to 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 be amused means that you stop thinking. Ah, um, the uh, so so I think when we when we consider the whole idea of um, whether or not God is our is the center of our desire, the only way that we really work through that mm. is by taking time to think. Okay. Where is it that I'm investing my time, my energy, my thoughts, yeah. my heart? Um, and and the reality is, when we say, yes, that's what I want more than anything else, all of a sudden, all you don't have to work to create that. You just follow that desire. Yeah. Yeah. So so if you go back to your relationship with with um, the person that you love, you, you know your your spouse, whoever it is. When you decide that's the person I want to spend the rest of my life with, all of a sudden, other things don't matter nearly as much. Mm. Um, there are things that were way high on my priority list before I ever met Deb. Mm. And once I met Deb, it was like, yeah, I still care about those things. I still like those things. I still like to do all those things, but they don't have the same control over me mm. because I have a greater focus for my um for my love for my yeah. attention and um and everything else falls into place so I, I think i think that's it we've we've just got to spend some time and think through okay what is it that i really really want and if that's what i really want what are the what are the things that happen as a result of that yeah well i think that that probably speaks to how we avoid falling into that trap of feeling the need to work things out right before we can get to God, is if you just take space, mm-hmm. take yeah. a step back, and really evaluate what, like, be honest with yourself and ask, like, what are the things I'm prioritizing in my right. life? Because if God is not the desire, like you said, there's yeah. something that's in that spot. That right. And and in that contemplation, when we think, when we really take time to think about who God is, then it's like, <laughs> why would I want anything else? Yeah, right. um, uh, his... His goodness is just compelling. I, yeah. you know, it changes everything. Yeah. yeah, everything else is just lacking. Right, it's not in comparison. So why would you ever want to settle for something less than what's the best? Right. that yeah. you have the opportunity to have. Yeah, yeah, right. Good stuff. Uh, next question, um, again, comes from someone anonymous. Um, and so towards, I think, again, this was towards the end of your message. So the end of your message really hit hard, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> it really, really solid it last, really like, landed. two minutes. <laughs> All before that, no good. Last two minutes was right there, apparently. A lot of turbulence, but the landing was great. <laughs> I mean, landing you walk away from. <laughs> That's a good, a good one. landing. Yeah, right. Um, so towards the end of your message, you would, you kind of brought out, again, a lot of these things we're going to be touching on in the, the messages to come. But you brought up, you know, a, a lot of these things uh, about when God is our desire, it shifts our perspective on same-sex attraction. It shifts our perspective on sex outside of marriage. It shifts our perspective on everything. And so uh, one of the questions that came out of that was related to um, the act of sex outside of the context of marriage. Um, This person asks, what if I plan on marrying the person that I'm currently sleeping with? If we're planning on getting married, is that still outside of God's design? Is that still sin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's a good question, and I think it goes back to the whole uh, phrase that we want to use through this whole series, right? If God is my desire, I can trust his design. And we can dive into Scripture, and we can see that God's design for sex is between a husband and wife in the confines of marriage. Mm. Anything else outside of that 
is outside of the design. It, it's not um, if you are engaged. It's not if you're in love, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's not those aren't the parameters. It, it's marriage that is the parameters for sex. And so, if that's God's design for it, then if He's our desire, we can trust that that's what's going to be best. Anything outside of that is really a temptation that can lead to struggle, can lead to heartache, can lead to yeah. to pain that we don't want to have. And and the hard part is we may look at that and go, yeah, but I'm going to get married. Like right. it's on it's on the plan. In fact, right. uh, we, we are engaged. We are whatever. Like it's right there to be able to to happen. That's that's all great stuff. But that's still outside the the design. Mm. And do you trust that God's design for this is better than your feelings, better than your right. desires, better than your opinions or your thoughts right. on this? Even if you don't understand it, like it, or agree with it, right. do you trust that God's design? Right. Is what's best, whether that's in this or any context, really. Right. Well, I think the, Rick, the thing that really speaks into this issue is that our culture does not like it. Mm -hmm. Our culture fights against this idea with every fiber of its being. Like I think back to um, Julie and I a few years ago were counseling a a student coming out of college. Uh, Students were engaged. Uh, Their living situation was really weird. And it just so happened, like they had just determined it's better for us to live together we're going to get married in six months. It's better for us to live together. And the phrase that she used was sometimes you have to sin knowing that in the end it works out for the best. (laughs) Yes. Red flags. (laughs) That's not good reasoning, but that's what our culture teaches. Right. If it's, it's just for, it's just for a little bit. It's just for a time being. We do love each other. That's what matters to God is that we love each other, that it's consensual, that we've we've fabricated all of these reasons for why it works. And our culture just fights against this idea of God's design for sex and marriage and the context for those. Um, so there's a lot a lot yeah. pushing against God's design on that. Um, if, if I can tease the next few messages in the series... Um, one of the concepts that's fundamental to, uh, to this whole idea of whether we desire God is if God is God and, his, and He has a design for us, we have to believe that His design is better than our design, mm. and that when we live in His design, that because He's the Creator— that when we're in the center of his design, that life is so much better than whatever it is that we design that we think is better. So in in this context, we think, oh, you know, if if I'm not if I'm not living together with with my girlfriend or bo- boyfriend, whoever it is, if you know, if we're not if we're not sleeping together, whatever, hmm. um, we're going to give up this and this and this, and it's going to be so difficult and so hard. It, and all it's just going to make life terrible. Yeah. Everybody will think that we're crazy. All all that's true. All that's true. But if we accept that God knows better than I do, hmm. I have to trust that if I live in his design that my life is going to be so much better as a result of that. That there's that there's going to be things that I can't see right now that are beneficial, yeah. that are that create blessing, that um, that I'm spared. Mm. Um, I, I love that uh, a whole bunch of years ago, Josh McDowell wrote a book, and and um, and in it, one of his lines was, "God is not a cosmic killjoy." Uh, you know, it's not like yeah. God is sitting up there saying, "Oh, you're gonna have fun." Nope, 
I don't want you to it's do that. Now. It, yeah, it's, now yeah, it's that's now. Right, that's that's wrong. <laughs> um, that 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 he said, McDowell said, particularly in the context of talking about about intimate um, physical relationships, he, he said that's for our protection and for our provision. Yeah, that um, that what we give up when we pursue that outside of God's design, um, we we just miss something incredible that God has built into that design for us, yeah. for our benefit. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think it, it comes back to this phrase that we keep trying to hammer home. If God is your desire, you can trust yeah. his design. So is yep. my desire my future spouse? Because then if my desire is for my future spouse, then I'm just going to kind of orchestrate things so that I get to do whatever I want right. with my future spouse. But if God is my desire and he has outlined and said, this is the context that I want things to happen in, this is my design for that, then that has to take priority over right. my desire for my spouse, kids, finances, everything, which is hard. Yeah, it's hard. But that's why we—I mean—that's why the question before was great about shifting to make God more than a desire. He is the right. end-all, be-all desire. It's a great question. Um, this next question is a interesting theological conundrum. Oh yeah, conundrum. Which I love. I love conundrums. Have fun with this one, Rick. Especially conundrums <laughs> with Mark. <laughs> uh, this question comes in uh, anonymous, and uh, this person asks um, regarding God being God of design um, and, and our identity within that. You uh, had mentioned in your message, Jake, that we are created in the image of God, um, which is a phrase that is still to this day debated oh, on, yeah. on what the full context of that means. Which uh, just means that I don't have the answer right now <laughs> to whatever so, this question right, is. Next question. <laughs> so this person asks, uh, did God create us in his spiritual image or his physical image or both? And if it is his physical image, why, for example, do we have some babies that are born with disabilities uh, and others that are born without any issues? They're perfectly healthy. Yeah. How do we make sense of you're in God's image and all of this uh, tragedy takes place? Yeah, I think if you uh, go back to that verse in Genesis when God says, let me let us create mankind in our image, um, if you were to break it down a little bit more in, in the original language, what it means there is this idea of God saying, um, let us make man like us and represent us. Hmm. Um, now, what we don't then have is like this exhaustive list of what that means right, right after there. Uh, but for the original audience to hear that, that would have been like, oh, yeah, no, that makes total sense. Yep. Like there wasn't a need for the list to be there at all. Um, so they would have gotten it. They would have understood what that means. Um, so to say like, oh, does that mean that like our, our moral code, mm-hmm. um, our, our intellect, our understanding um, is is like God? Like we have that. Uh, it's a spiritual thing that we have the spirit connection with God. Is it... Um, you know, God has a similar appearance or whatever, like all of those things, like we don't have necessarily a, a full list of examples, examples of what that would be like. Yeah. Um, I would argue and say, Hey, I think all of creation has some attributes of God, mm. right? Like you have a degree in, uh, artistry. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what is your actual degree? And again, <laughs> the official degree. That was it. Yeah. No, it's, uh, photography, graphic design <laughs> under the umbrella of Art. Yes. Okay. But you would, uh, we've talked before, you've been over to like Italy and a bunch of other places and you've seen like some incredible yeah. artwork and studied all of those things. Yeah. And I think you would agree there's a part of every artist in those creations. Yeah. Right. Like that, that it's a part of art is that it's in there. So when God creates the universe, when he creates every single thing on the planet and the stars in the sky and, yeah. and when he creates wind and all of that, like there's, there's an art in that. Yeah. There, there's a part of God in that. And yet the image that he gave unto us 
is a greater portion of him than all the rest of creation. Yeah. That we are this, we are, are like and represent him in mm-hmm. a way that no other part of creation does. And I think that's kind of the key uh, on what that is trying to communicate and what that yeah. means to have the image of God. Uh, now, like you said, there's endless theological debate as far as trying to get into the nitty-gritty gritty details that we're just not really given yep. um, in the Bible. But I don't want to lose the uh, the forest through the trees either right. of recognizing that. Um, not to answer the question is about like, hey, if, if the image of God is on us, then why why does disability and defect and, and like all of this happen to to the least of these mm. of small children? Uh, and I think the answer to that is, man, sin has marred the image of God. Yeah. And that's not to say that some child has done something wrong in the womb, or even that parents did something wrong that had this happen to their child. Mm. I think it's just the idea that, man, we live in a broken world from sin, uh, all the way from Adam breaking sin, mm. bringing sin into the world and breaking it, like until Jesus comes back to, to restore it completely and make it perfect again and make it better than it ever was before, we will always have a distorted view of the way things were supposed to be, and part of that is within the image of God, and that's why we have uh, disease, that's why we have uh, racism, that's why we have abuse, that's why we have neglect, that's why we have all of these things in the world. At their core root, they're a product of of sin, the marring of the image of God. Yeah. Rick, would you care to weigh in on? Yeah, I, I don't know that I need to add a lot. We live in a broken world, yep. and um, and as a result of the brokenness of the world, lots of bad stuff happens. Uh, J- just as Jake was talking, I was thinking about um, uh, an incident that occurs in the Gospels where there's a, a guy with a broken body, and the disciples say, hey, who sinned? Was, you know, mm-hmm. Was it this guy? Was it his parents who sinned? And um, and Jesus said, uh, "You got it all wrong. This uh, that his brokenness exists so that God can be glorified." Mm. And and um, I think that in any area of our life, you know, when you talk about all of the brokenness that's there, whether that's physical or relational, all that kind of stuff, that brokenness exists not because God wants it to, but God wants there to be glory given to him as a result of that, uh, the healing that he can bring right. um, or that he can show his power. And and that may involve healing. That may not involve healing. It may just involve um, his ability to sustain someone and give them joy in the midst of, of circumstances that everybody else would look at, like, look at and say, how can that be? Yeah. Well, their desire is in God. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of a sudden they they just have a completely different perspective on life than than many other people do. Yeah, that's great. Uh, last question comes from Ray Boyer. Um, and again, towards the end of your message. Ray, thanks for all your questions. We like them. Ray's got great questions. Yeah. Um, so towards the end of your message, again, you, you'd brought up um, the desire for the desire toward God shifts our perspective on on everything. Um, and specifically, you had mentioned um, same-sex relationships, same-sex attraction. Um, so Ray brings up a great, great question that I think the church has wrestled with for a long time and continues to wrestle with. Um, when talking or witnessing to people or friends who are in homosexual relationships, how can we share God's image and design and love and grace and truth without severing our relationship with that person. And that I think is what the church has wrestled with mm-hmm. forever is this, this out of balance sharing of grace and truth where we go all the way in one direction or all the way in right. the other. Uh, and we either lose God's truth or we lose God's grace and we lose relationship. And it's just, it's so complicated. So yeah. how do we work through that? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think a big part of it is, man, if you if you have a relationship with somebody um, and they don't know Jesus, well, that's where it starts. Hmm. Like that's where it starts. You can't expect somebody to follow God's design if God is not their desire to begin with. Hmm. Like I think a lot of times uh, in church. Uh, we get frustrated or we, we struggle with that with somebody else that may be living a lifestyle or doing something when it's like, man, they, they don't have any Jesus in their life. So why would we expect any different of that? So like, if yeah. that's like just a, a base level of understanding, well, then I'm not going to be able to go and talk about, uh, Hey, you're, what you're doing displeases God when they're like, I don't care. Yep. God is not a thing in my life. Yep. I had a, I had a friend that used to say lost people act lost. Yeah. That right. shouldn't surprise us. Right. <laughs> right. The funniest thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so I think that that's the place to be able to start is to just yeah. be able to share who Jesus is, is to you in a scriptural way where he's that, but the change that he's had in your life, right? Because yep. it's the relational connection that's key in everything. Uh, now I would say if you have somebody in your life that uh, is dealing with same sex attraction and they are a, a Christ follower, then, you know, I would say the place that you start from there is through a loving relationship, right? Like, I, I, I couldn't even fathom trying to go to somebody that I don't have any kind of loving relationship with and be able to just tell them all the things that's wrong with them that they need to be able to fix and they need to be able to do. Um, I would expect them to punch me in the face, right? Like, there you go. I get it. They're like, who, are, who is this weirdo? <laughs> some um, of your friends still want to punch <laughs> Some of my friends do, <laughs> so why would they? Why wouldn't they, you know? So uh, I think it's the ability to, to have that relational connection yeah. to somebody that you're both pursuing a life fully devoted to Jesus to come in there and say, yeah. hey, man, um, I'm noticing that there's some issues that's going on in your life, whether it's through sexuality, whether it's through finances, whether it's through stuff with your kids, whether it's the way you treat your wife, whether it's whatever, yeah. and to be able to lovingly speak truth in their life. And on the flip side of that, I want people in my life who do the same, mm. right? But, but, but they have that privilege because they've earned it through loving relationship. Yeah. Right? They care about me so they can speak that truth and we can have uh, honest dialogue and honest conversations about those kinds of things. Uh, but it only comes from that place to start out with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, you would kind of touched on it there. And it, I, I think a great point to affirm in those conversations with someone is to affirm the image of God in that person. Yeah. Whether you struggle with same-sex attraction or you struggle with a, an addiction to pornography yeah. or you struggle with whatever it might be we can affirm the image of God in that person, mm -hmm. meaning we can affirm God's design yep. intended for that person. Uh, and so moving from that, Rick, how do we, I want you to weigh in. <laughs> how, I, how do we work through that? Well, I, I, th I think in terms of in the question, it's a great question. And um, to help contextualize it, yeah. oftentimes we categorize sin um, and say, this sin is worse than this sin and worse than this sin. And I think fundamentally the question doesn't have to do with homosexuality at all. It, it is, how do we have a relationship with someone who is living in, in, a, um, in, in a way that is contrary to God's design? Mm -hmm. And what do we do to help them come to know and experience God's design through Jesus, and so it's a, it becomes a real easy thing because there's not there's it's not like um, we flip a switch and everything changes um, for for someone. It's it's not like oh if I can just say this one thing, everything changes. Um, the yep. one of the one of the things that that um, I think I've seen over time is that um, anybody who is is in any pattern of of uh, lifestyle that's that scripture would describe as sinful um, they only come out of that 
because they see the beauty of Jesus mm. expressed in his people. They don't come out of it because they experience a, a spirit of condemnation from people, yeah. um, of antagonism. It, it comes because we build relationships with people and love people where they are and trust the Holy Spirit to do his work in their life and that and and recognize that that we're we are called to plant seed to love to be God's hands and feet yeah. and and um and to be able to give a to, to give a reason for the faith that we have yep. when the time comes um but to not feel like we've got to wield this hammer mm -hmm. to beat people over the head and beat them into submission into into a relationship with Jesus um we don't need to do that yeah um God's character is the magnet that draws people to Him, mm. and that um, that produces life change that lasts forever. Yeah, I think that that that's great. I mean, in in my own experience, this is not to to toot my own horn. This is just to share my own experience. Some of my closest friends, um, still to this day in my life, are people that are openly gay, are a little more selective with who they share uh, in their same-sex attraction. Uh, and so I think one of the things to keep in mind, I think you touched on it, Jake, is that relational aspect will take time. Yeah. So not wielding that hammer and thinking, yep. this is the one conversation where if I say the right verse, say the right thing, present Jesus just in this specific way, then it will be fixed and we'll never have to talk about this ever again. Yeah, we, we don't think that about that about somebody who struggles with gossip. Right, right. <laughs> oh, if I can just yeah. say this right thing, oh, they're never gonna, they're gonna never gonna. We don't have that same. We don't think that same way about somebody yeah. who overeats, right? Uh, who abuses their body in whatever way. Uh, we just don't think that way, right. and so we love people where they are and trust that God's gonna. God is the one who does the work. Yeah. Yep. That's great. Um, I think that's a great spot to end. Unless you guys have other stuff you want to touch on, anything that we missed? I don't think so. I think we about covered it. Um, I'm super excited about the series. I'm super excited about all the stuff that we get to dive into. So please keep joining us. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great journey for all of us to kind of go on and just continue diving into God's word and and seeing His design. Yeah, for everything. Um, yeah, if we tease it, uh, this coming Sunday is God's design for masculinity. Masculinity for so men. It's gonna be uh, if I can spoil it. Uh, guns, uh, <laughs> ATV <laughs> outings, when's camping. It, when, when does hunting season start? <laughs> yeah, um, that's masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> no. Come, yeah. listen, watch, yes. do something. Don't listen yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Special guest Ron Swanson <laughs> yeah. appearing on here. Yeah, um, I'm excited. It'll be good. So thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for submitting questions. Continue the conversation. Comment, like, subscribe, share, do all of that. Uh, and we will see you next week.